And I'm Donna Carter. And couple, uh, oh, you're listening to Grow on the Go, yes, first that's, of all. that's important to say. <laughs> We've been doing this for years, and I still don't know how to start the show. <laughs> I used to know how to start the show. Yeah, what happened? More, oh, I'm 29 yeah, now. Yeah, you're almost 30. That's I'm 29 now. I recently turned 29, and so now I'm old, and I'm managing, like, roughly 10,000 people, <laughs> by which I mean six and <laughs> it just feels like 10,000 my brain is ripping out of my ears what I was going to say is just a couple quick 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 notes um, my dad is on a phone meeting um, just outside the room that we are currently in and as great as our blanket fort soundproofing is you may hear him from time to time uh, sorry hashtag sorry COVID. Yeah, Um, in my most Canadian dialect, sorry. Uh, And then the other thing is we've we've messed with our mic setup a little bit uh, so that we can both see mom's notes because for some reason we couldn't get them through to me. Uh, So if we sound wonky, uh, also sorry. Okay, so I just want people to know that like. It's not that we're bad at our jobs. It's just that we're kind of bad at our jobs. And we are, are in a blanket sideways. fort, people. We are not in the palatial main studios yes. of Joy Radio. No, we're not. I'm sure today. they're lovely. We've never been there. I've been there. Have you? Uh, I haven't been there. Yes, I've I have not been there, but I am sure they're lovely. Anyway, anywho's <laughs> today is a share show. Ah, happy yeah. share show. And we're talking about what is the point of prayer. Mm. So I wanted to talk about this because I found out from a friend that um, early in the pandemic, yeah. the most frequently searched word on the internet was mm. the word prayer. Interesting. I know. Interesting. Like, what would you have expected it to be? Toilet paper. <laughs> I, like COVID. I would have expected it to be like COVID survival rates or like mm. when will the, like a long tail keyword, mm. like when will the COVID vaccine be ready or like something like that. Right. That's what I would have expected. Yeah. I, I was quite surprised to hear it was prayer. But, um, what, and why do you think it was prayer? I think because... I think there are a lot of atheists in the world, but I think there are even more agnostic people. And I think when people are scared and they feel helpless, they want to not feel helpless. And yeah. they want something to do. And prayer is something that anyone can do. Yeah. And it's free. And it certainly makes me feel better. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm not super surprised. You know, people will people will turn to God in times of crisis. Yeah. Well, I was uh, I was fascinated. So I just I did a little bit of research and I, I um, there's a guy named Brad Bushman. Mm. He's the professor. Oh, boy. That professor. was professor. That was professor. Professor. That was easy for me to say. Yeah. Professor of communication at the Idaho, Idaho State University. Idaho? Did I say Iowa? You sure did. Ohio. <laughs> Iowa, First, Ohio, Yeah, I Idaho. know, right? Those two are always... And Idaho. Throw Idaho in there, confusing. too. Confusing. Yeah. Oh, don't get me more confused. <laughs> anyway, he posted a paper saying a large majority of Americans generally, and American Christians specifically, who pray daily, have turned 
to prayer even more during the outbreak. That makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. But he also said that so did some who seldom or never pray, and people who didn't belong to any religion at all have started praying. So that that also makes sense to me. He yeah. said he said this. People often turn to prayer in situations where they experience intense negative feelings, such as anger, grief, or fear. It's which weird. Is I feel like you I were, just said that. <laughs> you did just say that. Is there an echo in here? <laughs> All of these things are common during mm-hmm. a pandemic, right? So people also pray when they feel like something is out of their control, which hey, you also said. I'm very smart. Apparently, Have you ever seen Brad Bushman and I in the same room? We no, might be I the same have. person. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> but I was going to say, apparently you don't need a higher, <laughs> higher education. No, communications to know these things. That's a whole different conversation. Um, But yeah, so people pray when they feel like they need help from a higher power. Mm -hmm. For people of faith, prayer can become as natural as breathing as they go through their days, right? Like you said, it's almost for you, it's almost more like um, you didn't say this. In this podcast, I was going to just recently, yeah, said I, to me. Bef- like right before we started recording, um, mm-hmm. I said, like, I mean, prayer for me is just like everyone has an internal monologue, mm-hmm. mine's just a dialogue, and it's just directed at God, right? Um, yeah, a dialogue isn't directed at anybody, but you get it, you, uh, you I, know what I mean. I do get it, yeah. For people of faith, though, prayer can become as natural as breathing, as I yeah. said, but for almost everyone, it's an instinctive response to a crisis. Yeah. I mean, who's never shot up a prayer? Please, God. <laughs> well, what's interesting, I have a pretty profound a general anxiety disorder. Um, and I remember I was walking to the doctor. I'd been out of meds for a few days. I was walking to my doctor's office and I caught myself just going, please, God, please, God, please, God. I don't know what I was please Godding for. Mm. I just had like this crazy feeling of dread because anxiety disorder. Um, but yeah, I was praying literally nothing but just like, please, God, please, mm-hmm. God. It's it's And it wasn't. I, it wasn't even intentional, really. I wasn't like, and now I will chant to the Lord Almighty. It just, like, <laughs> happened. So, you know, it's it's interesting. It was exactly, like, just an inherent anxiety response to anxiety hmm. for no reason. So, you know, I guess we, we shouldn't be really surprised that there's all this research that's, that has found that, like, one survey says one in five adults play, pray despite saying they're not religious. Interesting. Yeah. I, I think a lot of people draw a distinction between spirituality and religion. Right. So that that's... They might consider themselves spiritual but not religious. Yeah, Good point. That's a I, I consider myself spiritual and not religious. I don't like the word religion. No. It's fraught. It is fraught. <laughs> well, when people ask what my parents do, I just say that you guys are pastors. I don't say you're evangelists because that is also fraught. Very much so. Yeah. yeah that, that's mm-hmm. a word that don't is love that dripping word. with lots of... I know. And I've been trying to find a replacement for it for you. I always use pastor. I'm, you're not struggling with that close enough anyway well not all pastors are ordained anyway but that's neither here nor there (laughs) and totally not the topic that we're here to discuss anywho um so um a lot of non-religious prayers um for them personal crisis or tragedy is the most common reason for Mm -hmm. praying but one in four say they pray to get comfort or to feel less lonely Interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I wonder if they would consider it the same as talking to themselves. But does that make you feel less lonely? I would think that would make you feel more lonely. Uh, I mean, if you don't believe in God outright, wouldn't it be the same? Wouldn't it feel the same? Don't you think? I don't know. It wouldn't. It doesn't it wouldn't to me. And same. I talk to myself no, all the time. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, 
let's. Um, so we've said it's not only religious people who yeah. pray. Yep. But here's something that's a little bit surprising. It's not just religious people who promote prayer. Interesting. Uh, I know. I feel like that's all I've said. Mm. Interesting. Interesting. It's very interesting. Mm. Mm. You're such mm. an Quiet. interesting person. Well, no. If <laughs> I, I was, I'd have more interesting things to say. Am I being that say. boring that no, that's all you no, can no. say? Okay. Um, yeah, so a lot of secular studies show that prayer helps us. Which, real quick interjection, if you're not familiar, mm. secular means not Christian. Well, no, well, not just Christian, not, not religious. Sorry, yeah, not yeah. religious. Yeah. Within this context, we're, yeah, yeah. Um, not, it means not religious, if yeah. you're not familiar with that word. Okay. So a study on the effects of prayer on depression and anxiety found that members of a group had a group who pray together had lower rates of depression and anxiety and were more optimistic after sessions in which they prayed for each other compared to a control group that had no prayer sessions. Yeah, they just sat around. And another study um, did a number of experiments where the participants either prayed for or else thought about a person who angered them. Mm. And the, the prayer group were way more likely to feel less anger and aggression after being provoked by, oh. the, by the person yeah, that they prayed for, as opposed to the people who were just thinking about them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So whether or not we believe that prayer changes our circumstances, there's pretty good evidence that prayer changes it us. It does something, yeah. It changes us. Now, obviously, different faiths have different ideas about prayer, but most major religions involve prayer in one way or the another. Some really ritualize it, requiring a like a really strict sequence of actions mm-hmm. or placing restriction on who's allowed to pray. Yeah, or the words are regimented. You say the same yeah. words every time. Yeah, or over and over again. Yeah. While others, um, others, other religions teach that anyone can pray spontaneously anytime. Yeah. Yeah. We're in that particular camp. We are. And if you ask different faith groups the question, what is prayer, mm-hmm. you, you'd get a variety of answers, but they'd all have some, some things in common and probably have some similarity to the definition that was offered by Isabel Hamley, who is chaplain to the Archbishop of Canterbury. Ah, of course. She said, prayer is primarily a line of communication with God, thinking, reflecting, bringing one's concerns and worries into a bigger picture. I'm just stuck on the word primarily. Primarily, what else is it? Well, yeah, good she point. Say. I don't know if that's where the quote ends, so I uh, can't help you with that. Okay, well. But one of the, I think one of the most basic and important questions that we can ask about prayer is simply, what is the point of praying? Mm. I mean, I, I'd like to try and answer that from a Christian perspective. That's where yeah. I'm coming from. I can't answer that, you know, from an Islamic perspective or whatever. So. Or, or a, like, mm. even just a scientist. Like scientific perspective. Sure. Because you're not a scientist. No, I am not. Um, So let's look at at a few of the things that the Bible teaches are relevant to this conversation. Mm First of all, it says that God possesses all knowledge and wisdom, which means that we can't tell him anything in prayer that he doesn't already know, mm-hmm. right? So factor that in. Then the Bible says that God is all-powerful, so it's not like prayer can turbocharge his ability in any way. <laughs> it says that God is love, which means that prayer uh, can't make him like us any more than he already does. Or less. Or less. And it says that God is in total control of the universe and everything that happens. So... Does that mean he'll achieve his purposes whether or not we pray? So then isn't prayer pointless? Yeah, this is something I've struggled with for years. (laughs) Well, 
I did. I did some study on this, and I, I think I, um, I think I found some something really interesting. But okay. do you have some thoughts you wanted to bring to the surface? I mean, in my opinion, whether it's going to change his mind or not is kind of immaterial, um, because to me, uh, being a, a, a Christian, a follower of Jesus, whatever, it's a relationship, and that, and that's why I don't like the word religion because religion to me is rules. Yeah, and and can I just interrupt you and say, yeah, we're also kind of not loving the definition of or the the word Christian. Yeah, we don't right love now. that. Which, just, like, if you call Christians Christians, we're not going to be like that's offensive. But no, it's not like it's a slur. It's just that it's associated with people who. Don't appear to be all about following Jesus. They yeah. appear to be all about uh, a political agenda yeah, exactly. or something else. Yeah, which is not uh, not the point. So, yeah, the, if you hear follower of Jesus, I know it sounds kind of hokey, but we just really don't like the word Christian yeah. all that much. Yeah, exactly. um, But that's what it sort of translates to, basically. Anyway, um, for me, it's not a religion. It is a relationship. And part of a relationship is having conversations. Yeah. And, like, you know, if God's already made up his mind what's going to happen to me or, you know, he knows how I'm going to respond to a situation, it doesn't mean I can't ask him for what I want, not because I'm trying to tell him what to do, but because, like, he wants to share, like, he wants me to share what I, what my feelings are with Mm -hmm. him. And he wants me to share he wants it to be a relationship he wants me to share like my my deepest desires and and the things i don't want to happen mm-hmm. and you know he's going to do i think this is not necessarily theologically sound but like he's going to do what he's going to do or he's going to let happen what he's going to let happen and at the end of the day i just need to trust that he has eyes on things i don't have eyes on but he still wants to hear from me mm-hmm. he still wants to know and he he knows, but he wants me to bring it to him. It's so difficult to well, explain. It's, no, I think you did a good job. It's oh, about you. the relationship. It's about wanting relationship. Yeah, right. It's about mm-hmm. wanting, like, yeah. He wants to hear it from me. Um, a common answer to the question, "What is the point of prayer?" is that God and doesn't really intend to change things outside ourselves, but rather just to change things inside of us. Mm-hmm. So. I, I think that part of that's true. I'd say the second part of that claim is true, but I think there's a lot more to the first part. Yes, pray, prayer does change us. All those studies I cited earlier yeah. prove that. But the Bible says that prayer actually changes things in the world. And there are a lot of examples in the Bible, but let me just give you one. And this is from the book of James, which was actually written by Jesus' brother. Um, and it says, The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Elijah, who was an Old Testament prophet, um, was a man with a nature just like ours. And he prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months, it did not rain on the earth. (laughs) And then he prayed again, and heaven gave rain, and the earth bore its fruit. So according to this passage, and a lot of others in the Bible that support it, prayer actually changes things. Mm -hmm. But how does this fit with the Bible description of of a God who is sovereign and all-powerful? Um, as one who knows the end from the beginning and controls all of the events in the universe. If God already has determined that something will happen, does it really matter if I pray for it or not? Well, 
Here is the best answer I have found to this. Okay. God decides both the ends and the means. Hmm. So, in the example of Elijah, that would mean that God determines the ends, that the rain will stop, and he enacts the means, Elijah's passionate prayer for the rain to stop. Elijah's prayer was really was effective to stop the rain. God answered his prayer. You're just, she's shaking her head, uh, making that face like my head's going to explode I don't, now. I'm which came first? <laughs> so let me, let me just try and clarify this. Both the prayer and the answer to the prayer were designed by God. Right. This explains how prayer can have real results mm-hmm. and God can be in control at the same time. God decides the, the end result and he uses our prayer as the means of getting to that end result. So God puts the prayer in our hearts, which is also very hokey Christianese, but God puts that on our hearts. And then yeah. we, So where does free will fall into that? Well, I, I mean, I, I would assume that if, if God wanted me to pray for something and I refused, he'd find someone else. <laughs> that's fair enough. Or maybe, right, that's... Or maybe he'd decide... I'm, I'm going to do, do it this. anyway. <laughs> my do I'm it good. self. I'm good. <laughs> For context, my do it self was my sister's first, um, sentence. first word, sentence. Yes. And it, it, it truly became her thesis statement for the rest of her life. Her life. Yeah. No kidding. It really did kind no of become kidding. her theme. So I, I, I'm intrigued. Like, why would God choose to work this way? Why wouldn't he just do everything himself? Why include us? And, and you? this is the point you were bringing up a minute ago that... It's so that we can get to know him. Yeah. Uh, an example that I thought of um, is I, I look after my little grandson, Jude, every Wednesday. He's adorable. He's the best. He's so cool. He's about 16 months old. He's barely walking. He's just adorable. But He's the best. Every Wednesday, we do the laundry together. Mm. Now, the reason that I include... Jude in this chore is not because I need his help. No, he's he probably is, more of a detriment. He honestly. is a toddler. <laughs> I mean, he he gets the concept of putting things in the washing machine, totally doesn't get the idea of taking them out and putting we them into just, the dryer. Grammy, we just put those in I that know. box. Why are we putting them exactly, in this box? right. So obviously it would go way faster and smoother without him. If I just did the laundry alone, but I include him because we grow in our relationship when we do things together. And and that's something we can do together, and it's something he likes to help me with. I think that's why God includes us. Hmm. That's why he tells us to pray. <laughs> Meanwhile, Does he need us to get the laundry done or no, whatever he wants no. to do in the world? No, he doesn't, but he wants relationship with us. I really like picturing, I like that analogy because I'm picturing him like, like chuckling, shaking his head and rolling his eyes, being like, you're useless, but you sure are cute. Like, <laughs> yeah. I sure like you, but you're not a whole lot of help. <laughs> yeah. Which is very much not God, but this is how I'm picturing it. Oh, I think he thinks we're cute. Tom, I, oh, times, I think he thinks think we're he cute. In us. He, li- he dotes. Like, he, 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 does. he thinks we're just the greatest. And I'm like... Have you, you seen you? But okay, sure. <laughs> I, for one, feel like humanity is a little bit of a dumpster fire, and I don't know why you <laughs> like it so much, but I'm sure glad you do. That's true enough. So the next time you pray, you can just remind yourself, this prayer really matters. Yeah. God has designed me to pray. He intends to change me through my prayer, but he's also chosen that my prayer will accomplish something good in the world. Mm-hmm. So can you think of an example from your own life where, you know, 
God really answered a prayer for you in a pretty yeah. profound way. I've I've used this example a lot, but it's the clearest one that I have, and it's so I I think it also demonstrates God's sense of humor, which I it speaks to me um, a lot. <laughs> I was trying to get a job. I was just out of post secondary. I was trying to get a job in Calgary, and I was trying to get a job in radio broadcasting, which is pretty small. There's only so many positions in any city, and Calgary's a pretty competitive market. And I thought I had a job in the bag, but I found out that I didn't get it. So I was driving my car and I was yelling at God right out loud because he knows what I'm thinking anyway. I might as well be honest with him. So I'm being very sassy and 19 years old being like, well, God, if this isn't what you want for me, you're going to have to be perfectly clear because I really thought this is what you wanted. And my phone rings. And it's my writing instructor from SATE and I'm from school and I've graduated. There's no reason for her to be calling me. Um, But I pull over and I answer the phone and she says, look, Kevin, I know you don't want to move, but there are a bunch of positions opening up in Red Deer, which is about uh, an hour and a half away from Mm -hmm. a much smaller market and a much Mm -hmm. smaller market, but an hour and a half away from from Calgary. Um, I know you don't want to move. But just try it for a year. I I worked in Drumheller for my first year. I got a small apartment. I came home every weekend. It's not that bad. Just give it a try. And I was like, okay. And I got off the phone and I was like, yeah, it was pretty clear. Like, I can't <laughs> even be mad because I was asking you to be perfectly clear and you were pretty clear. <laughs> so I didn't like it. I did not like the answer I got, but I got what I asked for. Yeah, you did. Right, like mid, I was mid sentence, mid yelling at God, and he was like, "Shush." The phone's ringing. Yeah. I'm calling you right yeah, now. Yeah, I'm calling. It very much was like, <laughs> well, and like I had the presence of mind to be like, "Oh, God's calling mm-hmm. through my writing instructor." <laughs> the, an example from my life was when your your sister was four years old, and mm-hmm. she had a planter's wart on her foot that yeah. would not die. We'd been to the doctor a bunch of times, and. It was painful and horrible, and the thing just was a mythical monster. Yeah, it it was just wouldn't some die. Bit of a demogorgon, yep. So, uh, a what? No, I'm thinking of something else. Never mind. Okay, and moving nothing. on. So, um, yeah, so I decided it, uh, we're going to have to go back to the doctor. I went oh. to the phone, made an appointment for Friday. This happened to be on a Tuesday. And as I put down the phone, I really felt like God was in saying to me, not audibly, but just an impression, yeah. that I should pray about the wart, that mm. that I should get my little girl, and together we should pray that God would just heal her foot of that wart. Yeah. And so we did. We prayed that night, the Tuesday night. We prayed the Wednesday night. And Thursday, the day before the doctor's appointment, Kendall comes running into my room where I'm reading, and she says, look, Mommy, look, and she shows me her foot. And the ward has just fallen out. Yeah. And, you know, okay, that could have been a coincidence. But what about the fact that God told me to pray about it? Yeah, that's weird. You know, like, I I just believe that God wanted me to recognize his work in healing Kendall's ward. He was expressing his love to her, and he was inviting me into a deeper friendship with him. Now, some people feel really intimidated by the idea of praying. Mm-hmm. And and if you are, you're certainly not the only one. Listen to this account from one of Jesus' biographers, Luke. Um, it's in Luke 11. Kevin, why don't you read that for Sure. Us? Another time, Jesus was praying, and when he was finished, one of his disciples approached him. 
saying, Teacher, would you teach us your way of prayer? John taught us, John taught his disciples his way of prayer, and we're hoping you'll do the same. There's some interesting font choices happening. Forgive my <laughs> stumbling. Um, and Jesus responded, Here's how to pray Father in heaven, may your name be revered. May your kingdom come. May your will be accomplished on earth as it is in heaven. Give us the food we need for tomorrow and forgive us of our, for our wrongs, for we forgive those who wrong us. Lead us away from temptation and save us from the evil one. Okay, so most of us are familiar with some form of this prayer, which we call the Lord's Prayer. Yeah. But Jesus never meant for us to just recite it in yeah. its current state. It's a template. It is a template. That's exactly right. In fact, he told his followers not to repeatedly recite the same prayer. <laughs> he intended each line of this prayer to be kind of like a file folder mm -hmm. that holds everything that's going on in our lives in that individual category. Yeah. Um, it covers our ongoing needs, like employment and housing and food. It covers the relationships in our lives mm -hmm. and the hurts we carry, as well as the choices that we have every day to do wrong or, or right. Mm -hmm. And it's it starts out with it starts out with, hey, I'm not telling you what to do, but right. And also, God, you're so awesome because no one just wants to have conversations that are to-do lists. That's right. Yeah. Here's everything I want from you. Yeah. And Bye. Talk yeah. to you never. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's what that first part of the prayer is about. Yeah. Right? So my challenge to our listeners today, even if you're not sure you even believe in God, is to just start praying and see yeah. what happens. Yeah. And if, if that template feels really overwhelming, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think it's okay to just stream of consciousness pray. Oh, absolutely. It's okay to just start talking. I just offer that as um, for somebody who has absolutely yeah. no idea how if to start. If you feel like you don't know what you're doing and you want a template, that's a good place to go. Yeah. If you yeah. don't want a template, if that feels like way too much, just go. Just yeah. start talking. Yeah. He'll get it. Yeah. So... Obviously, you don't have to, well, maybe it's not obvious. You don't have to use flowery language. You certainly don't you. have to use old King James ver Version English. Yeah, you, don't have, to do, you don't have to do a dear Jesus. You don't even really have to start with a hey God, which is a pretty standard prayer beginning in my family. Yeah. You can just start talking. He'll yeah. know who you're talking yeah, to. Yeah, exactly. God wants to give us good things. And if we don't pray, how do how will we ever know what those things are? Yeah. And where can we go when we feel overwhelmed? Yeah. If we don't pray, what do we do with that sense of awe when we look at the mountains or a sunset? Mm -hmm. We're wired for spiritual connection. And prayer is one major way that we can do that, that we can connect with him. So talk to God like he's the kindest, safest person you know. Someone who totally accepts you and wants only the best for you. Because truly, that's who he is. Mm -hmm. He, Yeah. Give it a try. Like, let's say that we're wrong and God doesn't exist. So you've talked to yourself for a few seconds. Yeah, like, have you so lost what? Anything? Yeah, it's free. On the other hand, God might choose to really show up for you. Yeah, and it's really cool when He does. It absolutely is. Um, if you want to chat more about this, or um, you'd like to request some other topics for us to talk about mm -hmm. on the podcast, we'd love to hear from you. We are on social media, Grow on the Go Pod on uh, Instagram. Yep. 
And uh, you can also find us just Girl on the Go on Facebook, and uh, we can uh, touch base. Yeah, well, you can touch base with us there. Love to hear from you. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Uh, in the meantime, please don't forget to like, share, and subscribe if you enjoyed today's show. And uh, yeah, that's it. I'm Kevin Pankhurst, and I'm Donna Carter, inviting you to Grow on the Go. Thanks for listening to Grow on the Go. Share this episode on social media and find more great programs at faithstrongtoday.com.